We're going to look at for a few minutes tonight, this title tonight, Overcoming Fear Through God's Help. Overcoming Fear. You ever been fearful before? You ever faced fear before? We're going to look at a man tonight had plenty of opportunity to be afraid. And he, was, he had such amazing ability through each situation that he faced to get his priorities right. And God said he loved him. Man, he was just a man after his own heart. We're going to see one of the reasons why tonight. We're going to see uh, Psalms chapter 27. It's 14 verses. If you'll stand for the reading of the word. And here it says, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple." For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me. Then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. This is how we overcome fear, and it's through the help of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you, Lord, that we don't have to be troubled. God, the world can be shaken, but Lord, we know who we have put our confidence in. It's in you, Lord. Everything in our lives is in your hands. God, there's nothing that anybody can do to us. God, they've got to come through you, Lord. Everything is in your power. God, give us strength. Give us victory. Give us confidence in you tonight. And we thank you, Lord that we have already overcome because you overcome and God gives strength and help tonight in Jesus name and everybody said amen Amen. hallelujah amen tonight we're looking at this chapter of 27 of Psalms and it's written and accredited to David that he wrote it if anybody understood what fear should be it would be David because can you imagine this every day of his life it seemed like for many 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 years That's what he ended up doing. He was running for his very life. Honestly, it it probably was pretty, I think when I look at David's life, you, you, and I know he probably asked himself this because God anointed him at a young age and said, I'm anointing you to be king. Well, it took him a whole, a whole slew of years to get on that throne. 
and the, and the rest of the time, as soon as he's anointed and, and, and Saul figures out, this guy's going to be taking my job. All of a sudden, the whole thing turns and Saul's pursuing him for years trying to kill him. And he's being pursued over and over before he even gets to the throne. And I know David was probably thinking, Lord, you promised me this. What in the world am I having to run for my life? Why am I having to go through all these tests? Well, David's test didn't end when he got to his throne. And I believe God was teaching him to trust him because he was teaching him to trust him in the wilderness because he needed him to trust him when he sat on the throne. And so in your life, there's some struggles you may go through and it may be a fear, maybe trying to grip your heart. But let me tell you something. God uses things that you face to see, do you trust me? Do you put your confidence in me? Because I've got bigger and better things for you. And you've got to learn to trust me so that I can be faithful to you in the big things in your life. So don't give up and don't think that when things are going wrong, God's turned his back on you. Well, this, this is exactly the life that David lived over and over again. And he got to where he just said, Lord, I trust you. I trust you in the midst of all these things. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I know who I can trust. Uh, in March 4th, 1933, in his inaugural address, Franklin D. Roosevelt said this famous sentence. He said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Fear is a powerful thing, isn't it? Fear can paralyze. Fear can defeat before the battle even begins. Some people give up before the battle begins because what? Fear has already gripped their heart. They've given up on the inside. Uh, Francis Bacon in 1561 said, Nothing is terrible except fear itself. Nothing is more powerful to, to bring you down than fear. And the enemy will use it on a daily basis if you allow him. You, you, you look at a problem in a room. We, right now we're looking at all kinds of things that's going on. Look what's going on with Israel as we've been praying tonight. Look what's going on in the gas situation. We see how quickly things can change in our nation. Look what's going on with our economy and how inflation is bound to destroy us before it's over with. Look at all the things. Look at the reports we get. Look at the problems we face. And the enemy will come against you and try to get you to be fearful. Because if he does, it's like putting chains on you. And he binds you and you are ineffective. And, and God can't do anything he wants to do in your life because we will give in to fear if we don't watch out. But we're going to see in David's life here that there is victory over fear if we learn who God truly is. We're going to see five things tonight. Number one, God, we're going to be able to overcome because God's proximity, how close he is to you, conquers fear. What are you talking about? He says in these first three verses, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He's sitting here and he's not saying, Well, Lord, you're going to be... He's saying, you already are my light and my salvation. You see, just four chapters before in Psalm 23, he said something else. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. This is a progressive thing. This is saying, God, you've already been there. You're already doing the job. He's saying, when I go through trouble, the reason I don't fear is because you're in the middle of the darkness. When the darkness comes in and tries to creep around me, you're the one that lights my path and gives me direction and confidence and joy in the midst of the struggle. He goes on and says, you're my salvation. Lord, you have saved me again and again and again. And then he says this, whom shall I fear? Well, if God's the one's coming to my light and, giving, and the lighting my path and giving me direction, and God's the one that's got his arms around me with salvation, whom shall I fear? He goes on in that verse and says, the Lord is the strength of my life. 
that word strength there is talking about a mountain fortress. Now, if you, one of the things that is, was valuable to cities, if they could put a city up on a hill, they already had the home court advantage. If you were on a city that's up on a hill, you had your, your weapons would go a whole lot farther than the enemy trying to shoot at you, right? You also had the advantage that you could see the enemy way before they ever got there. You also had the advantage that they had to climb to even try to get to you and exhaust them before they got there. All you had to do is throw a rock and it just kept rolling and it's going to cause death. You have the advantage. And what David is saying is that, Lord, you are my fortress. When I'm in a struggle, your arms are around me and I've got the advantage because you are the one that's fighting my battle. So he's saying, then he goes on and says, of whom shall I be afraid? God's my God. Whom shall I be afraid? We see it's how close God is to us gives us confidence. He goes on in verse number two and says, when the wicked... These people, he's, he's going to show you who's coming after him. And we see that he's struggling. He doesn't tell us exactly which battle he's facing or which enemies come after him. But he's definitely facing a battle. And, and fear is trying to set in. And he's encouraging himself that we see him do over and over again because, he's first of all, he's looking back here. He's looking back saying, Lord, you're, you've been my light. You still are. You're my salvation. You're my strength, my fortress. And then he's remembering what God's done. He's encouraging himself with what God did yesterday. He says, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, those people that want to kill me, came upon me to eat up my flesh. They came and their plans was bad. They came and their plan, and the enemy sometimes comes at you, and he's always got a plan to destroy your life. He's looking for inroads into your mind, into your heart, into your life, and he wants to destroy you. And he starts in our mind, he starts in our hearts, and he tries to destroy us. And so he said here that my enemy's coming against me, and he's trying to destroy me. But what's the result? But when they did it, at the end of that verse says, they stumbled and fell. They come after me and they thought they had a great plan, but my God tripped them to where they, they're the ones that fail, not me. God stopped it at the last minute and they're the ones that fail, not me. He goes on and then says, here's this, oh, even though that's people, that's a bunch of individuals. What if it's a whole army? He goes on verse 3 and says, hey, God's here. He says, though an host should encamp against me. Though a whole army, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me in this, I will be confident. Who's he going to be confident in? His God. His Lord. Why? Because he can say, God, you came through that battle yesterday. You came through last month. You kept me in that wilderness. You kept me when Saul had the great armies and I had 400 convicts that was running with me and you protected me over and over again. Lord, you protected me when my own son was coming to kill me and my own people, some of them, my best friends, turned against me. You took care of me. God, you took care of me when that nine and a half foot Goliath stood there with a sword that would, that sword was two and a half times my length and you took care of me and you delivered me that bear that line you delivered me God who am I going to be afraid of Lord you've already proved yourself amen hallelujah that word there in that verse that says that my confident means to feel secure and be unconcerned you mean that David could actually get to the place that he wouldn't even concern when he knew that the enemy was at the gates well he could well how could he is he stupid no he because he knew who he served he knew that he had been faithful to him so many 
times before. Hallelujah. We see so that we see that we can have confidence in God because He's near us. His proximity. He's right here. He's already moving in your life. Hey, was God moving in your life tonight? Do we? If you goes up here and God prayed for, I hope you felt God moving in your life. God's close. God's already moving. So whatever the why be afraid? God's already telling you, I'm here. I'm already at work. I'm not. I'm aware of what you're going through. We also see that God's presence conquers fear. God's presence conquers fear. When we get it, that's why it's so important to be in the house of God. There's people that can watch tonight, and that's wonderful. But boy, wouldn't they have got an extra dose if they'd been in the middle and about 20 people had their hands on them and praying on them, and God's glory touched them. Let me tell you something. My favorite times is when I get in the glory of God and God touches me. When I get in God's presence and God touches me, there's nothing else this world has to offer that ever comes close to that. And so David knew that. That's one of his greatest secrets. David knew this. God said, he's a man after my own heart. Why? Because he was a man that pursued God's heart. He wanted to be in God's presence. Because David says, you know, David's in the middle of a horrible situation here. He's not dwelling so much on it. This is what he says. Here's the thing that I search for. This is the number one thing to me, God. And you will see that it's not just here, but over and over and over in his life. Here's what he says. He says in verse 4, one thing. He's a single-minded man. He's got one goal. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. He wanted to be in God's presence. He wanted to be in God because you know what? When he was fearful, all he had to do is get in God's presence and all of a sudden... The fear just went away. Why? Because God's here. God, God's here looking over his shoulder. God's here that says, I got this. How many times had God said to him, now listen, you stay there where you are behind those trees. And when the going starts happening in the mulberry trees, then you charge forth and I'm going to give you the battle. How many times did God give him the battle? Why? Because he was in God's presence saying, God, what do I need to do? God, what's the next move I need to make? God, you helped me so many times. How many times? Can you help me again? Only times David ever got in trouble in his life is when he didn't do that when David didn't do that and he did it on his own but when God when he went to God every single time God came through so faithful for him he why did he want to be in God's presence because he loved God he loved and when you know that's you, you see that because even when he wasn't in battle the what is the number one thing he wanted? Well, he had two main goals first thing he wanted to do when he became king he wanted that he wanted that ark of the covenant which represented God's presence back in Jerusalem he didn't want it in somebody's house blessing them on the corner of the, of the country. He wanted it back in Jerusalem. So he sent to get that. He wanted it. And when he came back into the city, instead of him sitting there in royal, regal robes trying to march and look dignified, he, was, he, had, a, he had on a, a priest robe and he was dancing in the presence of God. Why? Because God's glory was coming back into the city. He loved God's presence. We know at the, even at the end of his life, he wanted, he, he loved God's spirit and being God's presence. He wanted so much to be the one to get God's uh, tabernacle out of a tent and to build something permanent. But God made him wait for his son to do it. Then he was so excited. Lord, you know how much my heart is to have your, your temple built and, and to, your house to be built and to be the most beautiful thing. So he said, well, can I, can I put back the supplies? Can I put the gold back? Can I put the silver back? Can I put the beautiful wood back? And all the marble, can I start? And he started laying up supplies. He wanted to do his part. Why? He loved the house and the presence of God. 
Let me tell you something. You're going through it. And most people get goes just the opposite. A lot of people, they hit the wall and things are going wrong. And they run from the presence of God. And David learned quickly and says, no, when things are coming my way, I run to the presence of God. And so if we can learn that, you want to conquer fear, don't you dare let that enemy get you out by yourself. Don't you dare let him speak to you and say, you, can, you need to get away. God doesn't know. No, no, no. You need to be in the presence of God. You need to call out on God. You need to feel God. You need to hear God. You need other people praying with you. And so we see God's presence conquers fear. Not only that, but God's proximity because he's in our presence tonight. Amen. And so we see also that uh, uh, it goes on in verse 6 and says, and now, uh, 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 let, me, let me go, I, number five. I, I almost jumped a verse. Number five, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. He shall hide me. He just, he's talking about his presence. He's talking about when he gets, gets, you get a picture here that God's like that mother hen. And, and he's in trouble. And it's like when I used to buy, when get at the Papa's farm and those chicks and stuff. And, and I love, I love to see them running up the path because that mother, mother hen running and the little chicks behind her. And all you have to do is just kind of boo or something like that. All of a sudden, mother stops, wings comes out, chicks whoosh, around her, and the wings come in. You can't even see them anymore. Why? Her, she got it. Boy, you got to get through her to get to them, right? You got to get to. That's what he's talking about here. He said, "Hey, when I'm in trouble, I get in God's presence. Boom, them wings come around me." God's got me, and you've got to get to, get to me. You've got to get through Him. And so He knew where His help comes from. It comes from the presence of the Lord. And it goes on, In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me up on a rock. In other words, He said, I'm stable. I'm secure when I'm sitting in the presence of God. Nothing can shake me. Nothing can touch me in the presence of the Lord. Verse 6, And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. God takes those who puts their trust in Him and He doesn't push them down because they've humbled themselves. He lifts them up. And not only does He lift them up and set them on that solid rock, but He lifts them up as an example so that other can see that you're going through things and God is the one that's the one that come through for you. God's the one that met that miracle in your life. God's the one done the work and He lifts you up so that others can see what He's doing in your life. Amen? Therefore will I offer in His tabernacle sacrifices of joy. What did David say? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of that's what the Lord wants you to have joy in the midst of adversity. Why? Because, Lord, I can have joy not because I'm facing something, but because my trust is in you. Amen. And because I know you always come through for me. I was thinking about the life of David. I don't know what they put on his tomb. Do you know what I was thinking tonight? They should have put on his tomb. I, I, wanted, I thought they should say that it said, Many pursued this man. But this man pursued God. Many pursued this man, but this man pursued God. Amen. That's the way his whole life was. Every time he turned around, they were pursuing him and trying to kill him and trying to take him out. But the whole time they were chasing him, he wasn't as worried about them like we would be. He was like, God, I'm just pursuing you. Just like they're chasing me, I'm just chasing you. And God came through for him over and over. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to pursue him with all our heart. So we see here tonight that we can have overcoming fear through God's help because God's proximity to us Helps us through with fear, overcome and conquer. God's presence conquers and God's promises conquers fear. It goes on in verse 7 and says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me 
when thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart saith unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. The Lord promises that those that seek after Him with all their heart, He is going to be, He's going to pursue them. He's going to, His eyes are looking for those that are calling upon His name to become their strength, to become their very present help. And so we see here that David's, the promises of the words of God is that when we call out on God, He hears us and He answers us. We see that David was such, we see here that it says, when you said to me, uh, uh, that, that uh, when it says, hear, O Lord, when I cry my voice, have mercy, all something, answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face. Lord, when the Lord says, call on me. What was David's response? Uh, I'm going to, Lord, the day after tomorrow. I've got, I've got a big, I've got, a, I've got an officer meeting with all my officers tomorrow. But to, no, no, no. He said, when, Lord, when you said to me, seek my face, my heart, immediately my heart responded to you, Lord, thy face will I seek. I'm going to immediately respond to you. I want your presence. And soon as you reach down to me, I reach right back to you because I know where my help came from. David was a man of prayer. Over and over, he went to prayer. We see that over and over. Even when he fell on his face, even when he crumbled and made mistakes, he come to a place where he said, God, God, created me a clean heart. Please, God, have mercy on me. I'm not worthy. God, don't take it out on the people. Take it out on me. I know I've failed you. And he would repent before God. He was a man of prayer. One of the most amazing examples of that, and I've told you this before, is it just read that account of Ziklag. And when he's, his men are getting ready to kill him, he's lost his family. He's lost the city. They've burned it down. He's on his own, and, and, he, and it's all his fault. And, he, and man, if there's ever a time to fear, He's lost everything that he ever worked for. Every blessing that God ever gave him just was gone in a puff of smoke. And these men are plotting his death. And what does he do? It says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Yes, he, did. he encouraged You know, How do you encourage yourself when you just lost everything? How do you encourage yourself when you just got a death sentence? How do you encourage yourself when every man you've got is weeping like children and they hate you right now and everything you love is gone and it looks like God's just forsaking you, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen? Why? Because God promises to be faithful. And he called out on the Lord and he asked him, what should I do? Should I pursue? And Lord, all the goodness of God says, you know, that's what's the good. God's already aware. God's already got the answer. God's just waiting on you to talk to him. He says, pursue and you'll recover all. Pursue, and you shall recover all. Amen. What if he decided that day not to pray? What if he decided, I think I'm just going to give up. This is too bad. We would see David. It's got a tomb out there at Ziklag where the, the city was burned. That's where David's at. Why? He didn't turn to God. And so many times we fall because we forget God's promise to be faithful to those. And that's how fear is conquered. Let's go on. Number four, not only that, but we see that God's faithfulness conquers fear. If I were to ask each one of you tonight, could you give me examples of how God's been faithful to you? Every one of you. We would have a lot more testimonies than we even had prayer tonight. Because God has been faithful. Amen? Yes, he is. 
God's been faithful. And God is God. Let me, here's the good news. Here's the good news. He ain't run out of it. He's going, he's going to be faithful again tomorrow and the day after. He's looking for those who puts their confidence in him and he's going to continue being faithful. We see that here because he's going to, he's going to, he's now, he's asking God for his help, but he's leaning on the faithfulness of God. Hide not that face far from me. Don't, God, don't, don't let your, I don't feel you as close as I really should sometimes, but God, let me, let me never think that you're too far away because you're not. Hide not that face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Why? Thou has been my help. You've been faithful to me, God. I know you're going to be faithful again because thou hast been my help. You've done it for me so many times. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. You've saved me many times. He even says this verse. It says in verse 10, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Hey, we know this. Your, your parents are going to go down swinging if you come to them. Hopefully they would. Hopefully you would for your children. But if your children's in trouble, you're going to be the one. You, if you really want to you know, hurt me, you punch me, that's bad. But touch my kids. I'm going to be right there. I'm going to be right in the middle of that situation. So your kids are the thing that you cherish the most. It's the thing that you find yourself struggling with problems the most because you're like, oh, I die. Lord, you're going to have to help me because my kids are involved in this. You love your kids. And you'll go down. And so to actually even get to this place, the parents have to be taken out. The parents ain't going to fail. But he says, even if somebody goes all the way and gets my parents to fail me, God will step right in right where they are. God will never fail. My parents could even fail me before. My God will fail me. Why? He's faithful to me. He's going to be faithful and he's always been faithful. You will stand before him and the one thing you're going to be able to say, you've always been faithful to me, God. You've always been faithful. It got dark a few times, but you always have been faithful to me. So don't let fear grip your heart. You can say, God, you've been faithful and you're going to continue being faithful. You don't fail. Verse 11, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. You know what I was thinking as I was reasoning about those false witnesses? How many times has the enemy come and give you a lie to your mind? God's forsaken you. God doesn't know what's going on. God, worse, God doesn't care. You're not good enough. He'd do it for this person, but he won't do it for you. God is not caring. God's not involved. Some people believe God wound up the earth and just turned it loose and you're on your own. Boy, wouldn't that be a sad existence? God don't, God's just letting you spin like a top until it quits spinning and, and then we just see how it all shakes out. No, let me tell you something. If you felt God's presence here tonight, you know He's involved. He's right here in His place. He's right here working in your life. He wants to do a work and so don't listen to those false witnesses that come and put thoughts in your mind. That's the worst thing. You need to say, as soon as they come and you say, devil, that's a lie. I don't believe it. The Word of God says just the opposite of that. What did He do to Jesus? He, if He does it to the Lord, if He tries to take the Word of God and twist it to try to defeat God, how much more will He do it to me and you? He knows this Word better than you and I do, and He will twist it to cause you to think that God really don't care about you, and that's a lie because the Word of God tells us over and over and over again that's not the case. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 31.6 tells us that we can have confidence in the Lord. It says here, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. Don't listen to that thing that you're facing. For the Lord thy God... He it is that doth go with thee, and He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Glory. Not only is He aware, not only is He able, 
He's going to be right there beside you the whole time. He's right there when you, even, you know, you say sometimes, well, I don't feel him. Well, are we talking to him enough? When you don't feel him, start praising him. I found that out to be, I've came in here before sometimes overwhelmed a little bit and feeling like, God, I, I'm not feeling your presence. And, and Lord, i got to preach here in a couple of hours. I need your help, Lord. And I feel the enemy's like, it's going to go bad tonight. All these things coming in. It's going to be bad. They're going to go out the back door. We've had a time or two like that, I guarantee. But let me tell you something. But uh, you know what? If you stop and start saying, but Lord, I praise you. I worship you. I lift you up. No matter what. God, you're glorious. You're my, all of a sudden, woo. You start feeling that glory start coming down and God starts moving in your life. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful, but praise him and worship him because he's not going to fail you nor forsake you. Tonight, finally, we're going to look. There's plenty more, but in these verses here, this chapter, you know what? You know what else conquers fear? God's hope. We know God is involved and we know God's promise that he is going to be there tomorrow. And we know that God's already promised he's going to work out everything for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. We know that God's already won the battle. We know the enemy is already defeated. We know that we win. And we know that he's already saved us and we know the transformation. Let me tell you something. All you got to do to realize that God's involved and God's working and God is real is go back, if you're like me, and you, if you were as bad a sinner as I was, if you had ran as far away from God as I did, and you can look at who you used to be, and you can look at what He's done to you tonight, then you can say, God, you are my hope. Hallelujah, you are my hope. How many times has God came through us and we know that He's aware of our life? We know that He's the answer for our life. We know that He is the victory that we need and we're looking toward. And we know that we can trust Him and so we can have hope. And it says in verse 13, talking about that hope we have in Jesus Christ, it says, I had fainted. It says, I, you know what that says? If it wasn't for this, I would have fainted. Because what was it, that hope that we have? Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What's he saying? If it wasn't for the fact that what I'm going through, that I know who I serve and that he's going to be involved now. That, he is, that his answer is already on the way. That he's already got this figured out. That tomorrow I'm going to see his glory. That even tonight when I'm asleep and fear tries to set in, that his presence is going to come and be that light, be that salvation, be that hope that I cling on to when I can't get a good report from anybody else. Hey, he's my hope. If it hadn't been for him that I could put my hope in, I'd have fainted. How many times have you been there? And if it wasn't for God, you'd say, Lord, if it wasn't for you, I'd never made it another day. Because why? I put my confidence in you, and you are my strength. And then finally, in verse 14, it says, wait on the Lord. Wait. Your heart's troubled. You're going through things. The enemy's coming against your mind, and you're sitting there. And you're sitting there, and the enemy's trying to say, give up. And you're just like, shh, wait. And, and, and it comes against you again. And, and you, your trouble tries to set in. You say, shh, Wait. What are you waiting on? Hang on. Be quiet. Wait. What are you waiting on? I'm waiting on the Lord. He's going to come just like with Lot. He's waiting. Lord, where you at? He's seen a whirlwind. God wasn't there. He sees a fire. God wasn't there. What's he waiting on? He's waiting. Where does God show up? And that still small voice. He showed up. And he'll show up in your... Let me tell you something. Do not listen to the voice that says, but not you. Don't listen to the voice that says, you're not good enough. 
Don't listen to the voice that says, God's tired of helping you. Don't listen to these voices. You've got to push. The enemy is the master of destroying our minds. The enemy is the master who comes and he wants to put shackles upon our minds and our hearts to convince us that God has got a different agenda for you than he does all the everybody else. The enemy's a liar and you need to tell him, Lord, you are the one on the throne and devil, you're a liar. You talk to the devil every once in a while. Don't, don't listen to him. Say, you're right. But say, you're a liar. Say, you're a liar. I know my word of God. I know whom I serve. You are a liar. Could your, convince, your kids be convinced that you don't love them? No, they'd say, if somebody at school said, your mom don't love you, and they'd say, you're crazy. Do you know what all my mom does for me? My mom called me this morning before I went to school this morning or before I went to work. She heard I had sniffles last night, and she's over there trying to bring me some. Hey, let me tell you, you can't convince me my mom or my dad or somebody else hates me. No, our God loves us, and we know he does. We know he was. Wait. On the Lord. Don't wait on somebody to help you. Don't wait for the next program coming down from the government. Don't wait on anybody else. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Be, let your strength come from that. When we, if you get your eyes on Him, then strength starts rising up in your soul. Courage starts rising up. It's not based on your circumstance anymore. It's based on who you serve. And so strength comes from who you wait on. And it says, And ye shall be strengthened, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Why? Why? How, why is he what? Because you're waiting on him. Then he says it one more time. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He's finishing this chapter by saying this, and he's accenting this. It's like there's exclamation points. He's saying, wait on the Lord. Why do you wait on the Lord? Be of good. He's going to give you courage. Why do you wait on the Lord? He's going to give you strength. And he says, wait, I say. Hey, listen to me. Wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. I was thinking about, oh, David is, is committing and waiting on God to see him move. Now, today, in the land of the living, he's saying, I've tested you, and I know that, God, you're right on time. My confidence is in you. I'm waiting here for you to move in this situation. Hope is like a foundation of a building. It's so necessary. Hope is what you can lean on and put weight on. We talked about that house built upon the sand or built upon the soft ground and there is no stability. The house looks beautiful, but there's no stability. So the question is, is where's your foundation? Are you trusting in this earth, this world? Or is your foundation upon God? Hope is what you can lean on and put weight on. Hope is what holds you firm in the storm. When we read the other day about that storm that raged against that foundation, and it says it wasn't even shaken. The storm raged and they were firm. Why? Foundation. That's our hope. Our hope is in the Lord, and it can't, nothing can shake us. Hope is what doesn't change, but is everlasting and doesn't change, but it's got what it has to do with your circumstance. It doesn't go up and down. It doesn't get uh, weaker and stronger. It stays the same. Sure. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's where our hope is. Hope is what we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Our living hope. He's our living hope. Hallelujah. You can tell fear in your life that there's no place for you here. You can say, I know who I serve. I know who has the power. I know who has already won the victory. I know who holds my hand. I know who holds tomorrow. And nothing can touch me because I'm in God's pavilion. I'm in God's presence. I'm in His presence. And He never failed me and He never will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Just as he started this, this chapter, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. So we can know tonight that we can have overcoming power through the Spirit of Jesus Christ and the power of God in our life to overcome the greatest fear that we face. The greatest fear we face. Just trusting God. Don't try to do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. But thank God that He has already overcome. You know what? As far as God, this, this is what's so amazing. You know, when you look at the book of Revelation, even, even before it got to Revelation, back, even back in the, way back in the Old Testament in Isaiah and Daniel, God gave them prophecy and told them every detail that was coming. He went even past where we are today and tell them, you're going to see this and this is going to happen and transfer. Why? Because to God, there is no past, present, and future. God is over it all. God's looking down and sees every detail of your life. So when you're getting ready to face something, well, God's like, you're there. I'm already over here. I'm already looking. I've already, already, I already see how it turns out. I've already been working. Before you took your first breath, I already had every detail lined out in your life. What are you afraid of? I'm the one you're serving. I'm the one. Unless something happens to me, what are you worried about? And nothing's ever going to happen to him. Not one jot, not one tittle will pass away. Not one thing is not going to be fulfilled in this word of God till everything be fulfilled. God's going to be in control when this book closes. And we step into eternity. God's still on that throne. And God will always be on that throne. And God's already victorious. So we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be fearful. We can trust in Him. Amen. We can overcome fear tonight. Hallelujah. And so tomorrow when you see those people in your family or your friends that's fearful, you can say, oh, let me tell you what. Let me tell you who you can put your trust in. That will overcome that fear. Overcome that fear. It's my Savior. Because let me tell you what He did for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight, God is our help. Very present help. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight, we're going to stand and let's just, hey, I don't know what you're going through, but I know God does and He already's passed that. He's already got the answer. He's already working. He's already been moving tonight. Let's tonight just lift up our voice and just as David said, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord tonight. Let's just praise Him and thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you are there, God, that you're already at work and God, you're moving in this house tonight. God, your presence is moving my tonight. And God, I pray that God, you would encourage each and every heart. Lord, everything that plagues their minds, you would, God, break every chain. God, you would set them free, Lord. They would be given complete victory tonight. Almighty God, that they would walk forth with courage. And God, because their eyes are upon you, Lord, that this problem becomes small and insignificant, God. And that your presence become greater. And that God, that they step into your presence every day. And they, Lord, Lord, they just learn to trust in you. And God, you give them strength. And God, let them be a light that you raise up for others to see. That others are able to receive strength and direction and help. Why? Because you lift them up, God. Because why? They trusted in you. Thank you, God, you're on the throne. Thank you, God, that every day of our lives, you're right there. You're right there beside us. You're our foundation and our hope. And God, you've never failed and you never will. And God, you're above everything that we we face you're above every situation that we face and God we thank you Lord because of who you are we thank you Lord because your name is above 
every name, Almighty God. Lord, we thank You, Lord, that we can put our confidence in You. God, move tonight. God, overflow tonight. God, let every need we pray for tonight, God, be miraculously complete. And God, even those that maybe reached out tonight online, God, that you would minister to their needs, God, right where they are. And that God, there would be revival that would spring forth. Why? Because of who you are and because of your glory. Lord, let this just be the beginning of what you begin to do. Lord, let there be such a faith that we come into your presence. Almighty God, that Lord, you would move in a mighty way. God, that people would see your glory and hear your voice and feel your arms of love wrap around them, God. Transform us, God. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much and that there isn't one person in this house tonight that you aren't totally in love with that you aren't totally working and moving and that God that you would block every lie that comes to their mind that they would know that you love them God and that you're working in their life every single one of them Lord thank you for your mighty power let us trust in you with all our might and soul and strength thank you Lord